Guys, I'm bringing the party to you. Samsonite. I was way off. Hold on to your butts. Text, I'm not even mad. That's amazing. Great to have you on the Stephen Corson Show, where we like to talk about money, life, and everything else. This show is all about revamping how you think about money and how to use it to live the life that you want. I'm excited you made this show part of your financial journey. So let's get to it. All right, I've never done this before. This is the first time on the Stephen Corson Show where we are doing a direct article review. Now, I have used a lot of different news sources for my uh, source material. Sometimes I've used it for um, you know different facts or whatever the case is. But this is the first time that I've ever gone through just an entire article and given my opinion on it. Somebody sent this to me on Instagram and kind of wanted my opinion and wanted to see um, you know just what I thought about this in general. And I thought that, you know what, this would be a great uh, way to kind of uh, have a little bit of more of a conversation about this with all of you. So um, the title of the article says that Americans say they need to have $500,000 in savings to feel financially secure. All right. So now this is posted on CNBC. CNBC is a very reputable website, um, has a lot of different like market information, money information, different stuff like that. Um, So it's uh, it's 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 interesting. So I'm going to go through this. The the uh, survey itself was done by Personal Capital, uh, which is a company that allows you to kind of it's a like a mint.com kind of uh, you can get in there and, um, uh, you know, invest through them. There's a lot of different things you can do. I think um, yeah, they're, they're owned by a company called Empower. So that's, uh, that's not a plug for them or anything. I'm just letting you know where this information is coming from. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into this. This, this I thought was interesting. So more than a year into the COVID crisis, most people have a clear picture of what it means to be financially secure. That's how the article kicks off. Um, in an interesting note, that's somewhat true because what we have seen is that for the first time, or I'm sorry, for the second time in 30 years, uh, the national, uh, like the individual debt nationally, so how much each person owes individually has gone down in 2020. The other time that it happened was, yeah, you guessed it, 2009, right when the recession happened. So when recession happens, guess what? People actually start paying attention to their debt and they stop all this frivolous spending. But don't worry, guess what? We're Americans and we get back to it the year after (laughs) because again, this is only the second time in 30 years that individual debt levels have gone down. We just don't tend to care and we love our credit cards and uh, maxing out that credit line. And actually, uh, a big part of it is we way overpay for cars. We are way overpaying for cars beyond what we can afford. But that's not about this. Moving on. So when they this was the question they were asked, what do they need to be considered financially healthy? So that's what they asked. What do you need to have say? I'm sorry. This is actually a key distinction. What do you need to have saved? So not invested, not uh, you know cash flowing, not in total assets or net worth. What do you need to have saved to consider yourselves financially healthy? Americans put the number at five hundred and sixteen thousand four hundred thirty-three dollars on average. That's a very specific number. Uh, <laughs> so that probably just lets you know in this survey, they probably just gave a range. It was relatively open-ended and people just kind of did it and boom, like you said, it's about 500, 500K. 
So that is coming from personal capital. About 20% of people, however, said they would need more than a million dollars saved to feel financially healthy. Again, this is not cash flowing. This is not net worth. This is not everything. That is just saved. I'm I'm picking on that for a reason. It's the saved thing that's really getting to me. And to me, the reason that these people are who were surveyed, and there were thousands of them, by the way, so the data set is legitimate. And that's something, this is a very quick anecdote here I have to do. Anytime you read any kind of poll on anything, it doesn't matter what it is, especially, but especially if it's political data. But anytime you're doing anything around money, political data, any type of results, whatever, you need to check, number one, what was the source of the data? And two, you know, how many people were surveyed? There needs to be a large enough data set in order for it to be relevant. If only three to 500 people were surveyed, I'd question it a little bit. But if it was a couple thousand, okay, that's a more relevant data set. There are so many numbers out there nowadays. You have to know the source. You have to know how it got it. Otherwise, the numbers just don't matter. Okay, it's just as simple as that. I'm sorry. I can I can manufacture almost any number I want through a small subset of data or make it look a certain way that we do. There's at, at the end of the day, people are not out there looking for truth. They're out there looking to confirm whatever their gut feeling or um, you know personal viewpoint is on something. And unfortunately, it's not getting us anywhere on any side of anything. We need to be seeking out truth. And there's tons of data out there. The problem is there's just as much crappy data as there is good data. Uh, and even worse, the interpretation of that data, <laughs> it's even harder to find that. Correlation and causation are important. Okay, done with my data anecdote. Let's keep on moving here. All right, so go, going through the article, although the responses varied widely, most said having 500000 in the bank would be enough to cover bills, expenses, as well as future needs, including some retirement savings, without worry. So that's what the report found. That's what they're doing. And they're saying for the average working American, 500000 would be plenty of money. Okay, here's the problem with this. The first problem that I'm seeing is that we're talking about savings. Uh, the average American is does not have any type of financial education. So when you are looking at how long can I live, I need X number of dollars in savings. Guess what? You're just thinking about, okay, well, you're doing very simple math here and you're thinking about everything wrong because you're thinking about it going, okay, so if it's in savings, if I have half a million dollars and I'm going to live another, you know, 10 years, let's say, you know, I'm doing very simple math here. That's $50,000 a year for you to be able to spend, you know, just out of out of savings. So that's assuming you're not making any more money. And I'm sure these people are taking into account, well, I'm still working. So I would be able to stretch that out. The problem with this entire line of thinking doesn't matter how many years you have left or how much money you have in savings is that your money is not working for you in this scenario nobody should ever have $500,000 in savings, okay? Unless you are, you know, a multimillionaire, you need to have cash ready to go and you're flowing. Like we're talking the one percenters, then it's a little different. The average American, nobody should have $500,000 in savings. Why? Easy. Inflation, number one. If you took 500, let's let's do it. uh, If you took $500,000 and instead of a savings account, which essentially earns you no interest, it's like point 
1% interest, right? It's getting you nothing. All right. Inflation, you know, we keep printing more money. Therefore, it's not worth as much as it used to. That's why your grandparents are able to buy their first house for $6,000 and it's costing you $250,000. Okay. It's not that things are necessarily more expensive. It's just relative because there's more supply and demand. So with inflation happening every year and this year, thanks to the government printing tons and tons of money, inflation is going up drastically. Okay. Inflation went up 5%, by the way. So if you had $500,000 at the beginning of this year, by the end of this year, that $500,000 that $500, is really only worth about, uh, do, 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 quick math here. Sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> like I said, this was a, a little all on the fly um, for y'all, but doing some quick math, that $500,000 after this year is worth $475,000. Yeah, you heard me. I said that. $500,000. If you have $500,000 in a savings account right now, earning you nothing on interest with inflation going up 5% this year, that $500,000 next year is worth $475,000. Sorry. Now it's still going to save $500,000, but everything around you is going to be so much more expensive that it's only going to get you $475,000 worth of stuff. That is a cold, hard reality. So going back to what I was saying, the big problem with this entire thing is that these people in general are thinking, how much do I need to have in savings? I would argue, this is my argument, let's change that thinking. You need to have money working for you in investments. I don't care if it's, you know, freaking real estate. I don't care if you are investing in art. I don't care if you're investing in those little Russian toy doll things that are like, you know, really hard to find and apparently worth a ton of money. I don't care what you're investing in as long as you know about it, as long as you understand it to a certain degree, and as long as it has a track record of long-term appreciation and you can turn it into cash fairly quickly. That's what I care about. So as if you're thinking about that, then guess what? As far as savings go, I don't think you need more than 12 months of whatever your expenses are. So if your expenses are on the high end here and we're talking $20,000, I mean, if you're living La Vida Loca and life is just great and you've got $20,000 of monthly expenses, at the most, you would need a year of savings, which would be $240,000, all right? That's half of the 500 and uh, what was it? The 516,000, that's less than half of the 516,000 that they said was the average. So in, in I, don't, I, I don't know, I know very few people, again, we're talking millionaires who have $20,000 a month in expenses. The majority of you are sitting here laughing going, yeah, that's you know closer to my annual budget, <laughs> monthly budget than it is my, uh, or my annual budget of my monthly expenses than it is just the monthly one. Like that's ridiculous. No millionaire has five hundred thousand dollars in the bank doing nothing the only reason they would ever have five hundred thousand dollars in the bank is if it was in an, in an account that they were saving the cash to get ready to invest they were getting ready to buy more real estate they were getting ready to invest that in a company into the stock market that money is not going to just be sitting there it's going to be working and if it is there it's only taking a quick break i promise you okay so so that's it so that's that's my number one point on this entire thing. I'm going to keep on going through the rest of this. Uh, it's not much longer, but if anybody there is thinking, yeah, I think $500,000 in savings would do the trick for me. No, it's not. 12 months maximum. You don't need any more than that in savings. Um, and after that, you should be fine. 
And, and the reality is if you're out of work for 12 months, you're probably going to cut back a lot of your expenses anyway, and you'll probably be able to stretch it even longer. Um, okay, so this is interesting. So here I am. I'm on my little tirade. And then literally the next uh, paragraph says this. Generally, personal finance experts recommend having three to six months or even longer of living expenses on hand in case of an emergency. For retirement, there's a few simple rules of thumb, such as saving 10 times your income by retirement age. Okay, I'm not, I, the retirement thing is a completely different story. We're not talking about right that, uh, that right now. We're talking about what this said about what people need to have to feel financially secure. Okay, $500,000 in savings. That shows you the uneducation that we have in this country around money. Nobody should have $500,000 sitting in the bank in savings. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. And, and look, just to go after the three to six months thing, um, you need to have six months minimum, okay? Six months minimum, 12 months maximum, simple as that, why? Everybody throws out that number, but do you ever stop and ask the question why? Well, if a person recommends three to six months, well, which one is it? Is it three or is it six, you know? Is it six or is it 12? Is it nine? Like, what is it? Okay. You need a minimum of six, the end. Because when we go into a recession, a recession cannot be measured. We do not know if we're in a recession until we're six months into it. Because that's the definition of a recession. You need two quarters being down a certain percentage. So guess what? A quarter is three months. We don't even know if we're in a recession until it's been happening for six months. Now, the average recession, because things tank very quickly, tends to last for about 11 months. That's why I tell people, listen, I would prefer if you had a year. That's ideal, right? But that's also the most I would ever recommend. Because again, on the other flip side, if you are working and you have six months and then disaster strikes, you can't work for some reason, you're going to cut back a ton of your expenses because you're smart and you're going to stretch that six months to probably eight or nine. And then hopefully during those nine months, you'll be able to find something, you know, to do for work. So like I said, there's, there's a lot here. Um, but, but three months is not enough. Three months. I'm sorry. Um, I can't recommend three months for anybody. So it's six months minimum. Um, but you're, I mean, if you have six months, you're doing great. Hey, okay, I do want to encourage you, even though six months is a minimum, if you have six months minimum, you're doing great. You want to know why? Because I'm about to tell you right here, they have the statistic coming up right next. The Federal Reserve, if you don't know, those are the people in the government that handle all the money. So this is a very trusted source. Before the pandemic, the Federal Reserve did a report that found that 40% of Americans, four out of 10, two out of five, if you like fractions, okay, have a difficulty paying for an unexpected $400 expense. Listen, if you drive over a bumpy road with a bunch of nails and you pop all four tires, guess what? You can't pay for four new tires with $400. So they're telling us right now that 40% of Americans couldn't pay for four tires if they got them all flat. They'd have to use a credit card. They'd have to go into debt. They'd have to do something. That's not good. That's not good at all. But guess what? This statistic's been around for a long time. And unfortunately, it's just the truth. Um, so those cash reserves, you know, and then 39% of people can only uh, afford to pay for $1,000 for emergency expense out of savings. So again, most so 40% can't even pay 400. Another 40% can't even do 
uh, a thousand. Um, we've got problems. Just nineteen percent. Okay, we're not not even twenty. Nineteen. Okay. Whew, this is bad. Nineteen percent of Americans can cover three to five months, and only twenty five can cover six months or more. Okay, and only seventeen percent of adults said that they have more emergency savings now than they did pre-pandemic. I mean, I guess that shouldn't surprise us. A lot of people have lost jobs. Doesn't matter if you got stimulus money or not. It wasn't that much. Um, you know, so you needed to be working if you didn't want to have to dip into things. Um, God. And then more than half um, have less than three months stashed in an emergency fund. So less than half of Americans. Um, I'm sorry, more than half. 51% have less than three months stashed in an emergency fund. Look. I have done budget reviews with people who make $40,000 a year. I've done budget reviews with people who make a quarter million dollars a year. And guess what? I can cut with my eyes closed 10% out of every single person's budget without them feeling the pinch. It doesn't matter because the problem is lifestyle creep. The more money you make, the more you tend to buy the more you the 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 more your car payment tends to be the the more your apartment tends to be lifestyle creep is a real thing and as we make more money we tend to get more stuff so it's all relative yeah you're getting more but most people don't maintain the, their certain level of living when they get a raise and they you know a lot of times just outspend whatever the increase is that they have so anyway that's that's kind of where things are. So it's an interesting article. Uh, like I said, if you're interested, you can go to cnbc.com, check it out. Um, it's um, uh, the title of it was Americans say they need to have five hundred thousand dollars in savings to feel financially secure. Uh, I just I I sit here and I look at this and like I said, it's not even the fact that Americans picked five hundred thousand dollars in savings. It's the fact that they're thinking about the fact that they should put that much money in savings. Uh, the The reality is if the average American household, I think, earns somewhere, uh, don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere between uh, the average American household earns between fifty and $70,000, I believe, something like that. Um, if that's the case, then we should be able to to do a little bit better when it comes to understanding the fact that you need money cash flowing you need uh, money investing to combat inflation. I don't care if it's index funds, like I said, real estate, Pokemon cards, something that has a long-term track record. Okay, not Pokemon cards. Please do not invest all your money in Pokemon cards. All right, but you get what I'm saying. If something has a long-term track record of appreciating in value, that is what you need to be doing to fight inflation. You need something that is going to go up in value over time. So when the time comes that you are ready to retire or you are in a tough spot, that money has worked for you. And now you're in a spot to take care of yourself, take care of your family, and even better, not just survive, but thrive. That's that's really all that I do here. That's what this podcast is about. This isn't about helping you get by. This is about helping you live the life that you want to live. Okay. If you want to, if you want to, you know, have the stress of, you know, worrying about hitting your budget every month, guess what? This isn't a podcast for you. If you want, if you want to live paycheck to paycheck, um, or you want to, you know, just do little envelope sorting for the rest of your life, guess what? This is not the podcast for you. 
This is the podcast to help people get financially independent, to start thinking about money in ways that they've never thought about money before. And that's what this podcast is about. And guess what? If you've been enjoying the show, thanks so much for listening. Please refer it over to a friend. We're growing. We got a lot of stuff happening coming up here soon. Uh, Really excited about it. So a little plug there, a little mystery. But uh, yeah, in the coming months, I've got some exciting changes. and uh, just quick thank you to everybody who has been listening over the past year. It has been an absolute pleasure doing this. A lot of amazing messages have come through with you. That was one reason I wanted to do this article um, because this was the first time somebody ever sent me something and directly asked my opinion on it. And I just said, man, this would be really cool to do a podcast on and just have this conversation with all my friends that are listening. So thank you all so much. And uh, we got some good stuff coming. Talk to you soon.